Welcome to episode four of Mindful Decontamination for First Responders. Today we got a busy schedule. We want to talk about some really important things. We've laid the groundwork and the first thing we want to talk about is what's wrong with our first responders? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's nothing wrong with you guys. You're amazing and wonderful and perfectly imperfect, just like the rest of us, unfortunately. But you've got your hero uh, capes on and stuff like that. And you are far more uh, superior to us stupid civilians in so many different ways. Well, we do some things that, that, are, that are helpful to us, but they also work against us in a big way. And one thing is compartmentalization. We have our little bubbles, and that can be a barrier to helping ourselves and helping the people around us, our coworkers, our brothers, our sisters. Tell me what you've yeah. observed about compartmentalization of first responders, Catherine. Art can be used in court cases. I mean, it's a legal part of evidence. In my training, like what, what I kept seeing in the artwork was severe compartmentalization and each responder didn't want to infringe on the other person's base. And so this was repeated throughout. So we just saw that there was extreme compartmentalization between responders. And also, I mean, the compartmentalization is a coping mechanism. It's a defense mechanism, but it's a coping mechanism for you guys, which is you're going to see your trauma and go deal with all the leadership stuff, whatever's going on at the fire station, you're going to, or wherever you are, a department, or whether you're law enforcement or the hospital, whatever it may be. And you keep it in that bubble. And then you get in your car and you go home and that's a different bubble. And then civilians are also in a bubble. You can't treat us if we're, you can't have emotion when you're treating us, you got to do your job. And if it's your loved one, you know, that's when things explode. And Craig, you know that. Oh, I felt that. I felt it on both sides. I walked by some firefighters that were at an alarm bell at an apartment complex I used to live at, and and they were all standing around talking in front of the bumper. And I walked by, and I could, I felt like an outsider. I was walking my dog, and I felt like it was us them thing. They got really quiet, and then and then I walked by, and then they started talking again. And I was like, wow, that's what it feels like to be on the other side. Oh, totally, (laughs) totally. Do you know how many times that I've like I I will just randomly knock on like a you know, fire station door or something. And I am met with like a total attitude and I, it doesn't phase me. Like I get it. I totally get it. And then once the guard comes down, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not here to do anything wrong. But so, I mean, yeah, what is it? So you lived the life. What is it about us that you're kind of like, is it that, uh oh, are they about to tell me something? I need to, you know, I need to go do something about this. And what is it? One thing that contributes to this, Kathy, is our pride and professionalism, which isn't a bad thing. But those firefighters were probably talking about lunch or they were talking about their next drill and they didn't want to appear unprofessional to me as a citizen. But they're human beings, so they they don't want to appear like human beings. Our ability to keep this to ourselves and appear superhuman is a barrier towards us getting help. And another thing is, I think it's the protector in us. We, we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect the relationships we have. I saw on a recent Facebook post where a, a fire department leader was discussing, should he ask his men and women about certain things? He didn't want to break Why? into that personal bubble with them. He didn't think it was appropriate. And But then who's doing it? Yeah, I mean, so... We recognize when they're stressed and we recognize we're, we're looking for, for these big, huge signals, 
basically we're trying to stop them from killing themselves, but we're waiting until they've got the rope around their neck. We need to do things every day. And that that's the point of mindful decontamination. Like, what is the point of everything we've been talking about, Kathy? What are we trying to get to? What is the point of what we're doing? Okay, I'll tell you the point. I have been exposed to these amazing tools and techniques that can really, like anxiety and trauma is fixable. It is treatable, it's fixable, it's manageable. And so as a civilian, the difference is civilians, what you guys do, you guys are our superheroes, but your kryptonite is in some case, the compartmentalization and these barriers, the kryptonite is also not being able to reach out and also not knowing that there are these amazing techniques. But how do we get you to trust that we are similar? We do have, you know, the same physio- physiological effects to trauma, and there are great ways to deal with this. It's more than that, though. We don't trust each other. We don't, we, we have this pride where we are strong and we help others. That's what we do. We help others. Right. And I've seen it a million times. And I, I saw it in some recent forums where they were talking about firefighters, paramedics, police officers, they'll come to work injured because they don't want to admit they have a physical disability. I, I can still do my job. I don't want to go on light duty. I don't want to go see the doctor. I'm going to work my way through this and it's going to be fine. So imagine what we're hiding with our mental health. I've seen it so many times where a, a leader goes, hey, hey, it looks like, uh, it looks like you're down today. Um, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Well, you know you can come talk to me anytime, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Captain. I can do that. Yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, as long as you're good. But okay, what so I'm going to point out. I what know, the fuck the did that do? But that he's, doing, he's doing what he was trained to do. I know. That's just it. You guys need to be trained to be doing much more. Now, as leaders in the fire service and public safety in general, law enforcement, fire service, we need to, the captains in the fire station need to understand, and they do understand this, but they need to know that everyone, including themselves, is in a chronic and acute state of fatigue all the time. You're sleep dysregulated. You're just dysregulated. You have a high amount of stress. You may you may act like you don't, but you do. One of the one of the biggest things is denial and the inability to recognize this in oneself. So what we'd like to see, what the point of mindful decontamination is for as a leader, you're going to implement some of these tools into your daily activities the same way you pull hose lines, the same way you talk about how to breach a door. The captains and the leaders need to drive this show. The three different things we want to go over today, opposites and bilateral. Yeah, yeah so let's start. So let's talk about what we're going to teach you today. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about the opposites and bilateral, what we mean by bilateral. We've already talked about some of these, but we're going to go into them a little more. Today, we're going to um, go ahead and talk about bilateral stuff and why that's important. And we're going to introduce the technique of PEAT. It's really important that we have bilateral movement and processing, to, especially when you've got such trauma and stress. So PEAT stands for, this is along the lines, everything stems from everything. So we've got, you know, it, it's come, it's evolved and come through different things and is bilateral, which of course can, comes from EMDR. It's primordial energy activation and transcendence. And quite honestly, I don't think there are a lot of studies. I think it's out in Croatia. It's not even here. I think the only person that really has been trained in it is that guy, Tony Robbins. He was trained in it. And now he uses this technique with others. There are lots of different levels to this. 
what I want to do is go ahead. It's there are going to be three different points, and this is a very modified version of it, but it gets you into a much deeper state. So there are three different points that we're going to focus on. And again, it's modified. One is you start with one hand and it's in the corner of your eyebrow on your eyebrow point. And then you take your the other outside hand, corner, the inside corner, inside corner. Oh, like, 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 like where you grab your nose when you have a headache. Yeah. Yeah. So you do that on that one side, the inner eyebrow, you do one hand. We'll just place it on. That's all you need right on the eyebrow, uh, right in that corner. And then you take, and then you put that hand down and you put the other hand up in the same spot on the other eye. So now I'm doing my, I've got my left that I started with my right in the corner and now I'm doing my left. And then you put your left hand down and you put your right hand up to the outside of your eye, the outside corner or like the, the outside is. edge. Yeah, where your temple is. So you just, and you want to breathe as deeply as you can. I'm just going to tell you the points right now and then we'll go through it. And then you put that right hand down and put, pick up your left and put it on the same side of the eye near your temple on the left side. And then you take your other, you put that hand down and you put your right hand up underneath your eye on that bone. And then you put their other one, you put that hand down and you go into the other one. So what you're going to do, and we're going to put this on Instagram so you can see what it looks like, but this is very abbreviated. What we want you to do is when you're in a difficult situation, if you're anxious, do five, four, three, two, one. If you need, if you really can't catch your breath, do four, seven, eight. But if you've gotten your breath and you just want to go a little bit deeper, you can think about this. You can think about the event or you can think about a good event, or you can think about, you know, stress. Or you can think about, you know, where are you holding it in your body? So if you come back and you've had a shitty call, where are you holding it in your body, Craig? Could be your head. Sometimes your gut, like you just feel yep. it tight. Could be, yep. Could be your stomach. Could be your back. Could be your shoulders. So, your headaches. Yeah. Headaches. So what? Okay. So let's do it together. Let's say well, we're going to go for the head. And I want you to focus as deeply as you can into that pain in your head. Should I you breathe? Have, well, you're going to, we're going to breathe into the points we just talked about. Okay. So I'm going to, I'll go ahead and do it. It's kind of hard with its audio. That's why we're going to um, post something. Fine, but, we can uh, talk through it. Yeah. So, okay. I want you, if wherever the, wherever you may be feeling that stress or, you know, anxiety, whatever it may be discussed, it could be a lot of things, frustration. It doesn't even have to be a bad call. It can be, you know, your leadership screwing with you. It can be, you know, trouble with your marriage. It can be whatever. A lot of responders use this to go get balanced, to go back into sleep at night calls when they're all jacked up. So put your, we're going to start with the right hand just to do it. I want you to put your right hand, just place it in that right corner of the eye on the bone there. And, and I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to think about all of this is focusing on where you're storing your stress. So in this situation, we're going to go ahead and do it with the headache. So I want you to focus as deeply as you can and the pain in your head. And I, when you're ready, I want you to breathe as deeply as you can into that pain in your head, breathe as deeply as you can. And when you're ready, exhale. And when you're switch hands, and I want you to focus on that pain in your head, your, your left hand is in the right corner, the left corner of your eye. And when I want, when you are ready, I want you to breathe as deeply as you can into your head and the headache that you're feeling as deeply as you can breathe in and exhale. Okay, right hand outside of your eye. I want you to focus on as deeply as you can into that pain in your head. And when you're ready, I want you to breathe as deeply as you can into that pain, breathe in and exhale. 
left side. When you're ready, I want you to breathe as deeply as you can into your head where that pain is and breathe in. And exhale. Switch hands under your eye. When you're ready, I want you to breathe as deeply as you can into that headache. Breathe in. And exhale. And left side. When you're ready, breathe as deeply as you can into your headache. Breathe as deeply as you can and inhale. And exhale. So that's just the beginning. That is just a setup. Do it three times. It hits you at a much deeper, deeper level. Um, I did that when I had to, I had to have this treatment thing done and they had these electrodes on and she said, try to relax. And I said, hey, I'm going to do this technique and tell me what happens. And she said, everything went to my frontal lobe and was relaxed and calm. She was like, what did you just do? So it's something as easy as that. And what's so cool about that is you are doing right side, left side, which is bilateral, right? And you're focusing on your body where you're soaking all that crap in. We're storing it in our bodies. It's not fair. You guys are busting your asses. It doesn't mean being a first responder does not mean you need to suffer. And it does not mean that you need to bear the burden. And the more you do that, the shorter your ability is going to be to help us stupid civilians. So and when a bad image comes in while we're doing this, should we try to find something good, like the opposite? And no, keep only if it's only if it's triggering, only if it's triggering, if it's a bad image, you know, rarely does that happen. You should be focusing on your body and, and that's where your focus should be. But emotions can come up and they can change. If say all of a sudden it turns into like, I'm pissed off right now. Like maybe some, maybe this call, you know, there was something in there, like if it was like an abuse call or something like that. And it's like, you want to, you know, you're pissed off at the father who was abusing this child and you had to keep quiet. You never know what it can shift and it's okay to go ahead and start over with that new emotion. But where are you storing it in your body? It's not, I'm a, we don't necessarily want it to be angry. You can, you can do angry, you can sad, you can do whatever emotion it is and go through it. But when you're doing that, when you have that emotion, where is it stored in your body? That's the most important, where the mind-body connection, where is it stored in your body? And then you do that deep breathing throughout it to all those different points. And we also know deep breathing gets your vagus nerve as well. And the whole point of this is to practice it regularly so that you don't get exhausted. If you do something like this and it exhausts you, it means you're dysregulated. That's perfect. So when I get back, I'm in the firehouse. I can, I can find a quiet place, gather my chi, close my eyes, hit each one of these points and take a deep breath and concentrate on where I feel out of place in my body. Uh, we store it in our bodies, our shoulders, our heads, our, our guts you know, our backs, our lower backs. I mean, it's, you can find out where you're storing it and there, but most likely there's like a disconnect between like your body and your mind. Peak primordial energy activation transcendence. I mean, it's a stupid name, just like EMDR and movement desensitization reprocessing. It's like, whatever. But Pete also has a lot of different levels that you can do. We've got some that can actually treat trauma. We're slowly introducing techniques to you guys so that you can learn how to physically 
and physiologically deal with some of this stuff. Because remember, the more you do it the reg on a regular basis, the lower your cumulative stress is going to be. And that bucket of traumatic stress is going to be lower, which is going to allow you to function better when the acute stress occurs. Yeah, so just do it. Do it once a day. Check in with your body. Check in with yourself. Check in with the way you're feeling. And call it Pete. I know a guy named Pete. He's a battalion chief at City of Fairfax. Great guy. He, uh, <laughs> think, think hey, Pete, about this Pete. one's for you. Yeah, thinking about Pete just <laughs> relaxes me, makes it feel good. So, uh, he's a great leader. Uh, so, and, and check in with yourself and practice these techniques. Practice touching these points on your face while you breathe in deeply and trying to find in your body what's out of place and and it will come into place and you'll find that you can get through the day better so that's the end of the episode today that's what we got we hope you practice these every day check in with yourself it's not selfishness it's self-love and we love you we need you and we appreciate you we sure do thanks Take for care, everybody bye-bye